Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to another Input Output episode. We're so happy that you're joining us once again. We don't know why you come and listen to us talk about fighting games, but we appreciate it. <laughs> so <laughs> this week we're joined, as always, I'm, I'm one of your co-hosts, Rexon Max, joined by our co-host, Mr. Game and & Lift and Mr. MC Amazing. How are you guys doing today? Fantastic. As always, glad to be back for another episode of Input Output. And talk about these fighting game topics. Yeah, man. You know how it is, man. Your boy MC Amazing, Amazing as always, ready for, well, ready to tackle some topics with my boys Rexon Max and Mister Game and Lift and our and our guest here today. You know, let, let's do it, man. I'm ready to go. All right. Thanks for that transition. And speaking of our guests, we have with us today uh, this guy I've been wanting on the show for a while. He always has great topics or great input on the topics that we have for our videos. So we had to get him on here to, to talk about it. You know, fighting game savant, and he's the manager at Free Play Richardson down here in the uh, DFW area. Uh, we have Arthur Williams on the show this week. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh man, thank no you for coming on, man. We can't yeah, wait man. to hear the we can't wait to hear the input you have on these topics. <laughs> <laughs> so you know one thing that's great about this week me and E don't have to keep constantly muting our mics because we're in the same room so that's good oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh so we can go ahead and start off with our first topic here so our first topic is if there was one fighting game you could bring out of obscurity and back into the limelight what game would that be um we know over our years of the history of fighting games, we have many games that have come and gone by the wayside. So um, what game for you guys would it be that you would bring back and you would have its moment of glory again, starting with you, Mr. Game and Lift? Uh, this one is uh, <clears throat> kind of hard, but I think I have my answer out of the few that I've chosen. Um, I think I'm going to go ahead and say KOF 13. King of Fighters 13 was, man, it was such a game. I, I know we have the new 14 out and, you know, 15 is on the horizon. But if I could pick personally one King of Fighters that just really did it for me and just kind of spoke over the whole series, it was 13. The combos, like, you watch 13 play at a high level in tournaments, it's just like you see somebody get touched once and they just get looped by most characters could do, like, these, you know, insane combos, usually touch their combos. It was such a hype game. It took skill to play. Like, it was it was a really hard game in terms of, like, you know, understanding the neutral and things of that nature. <clears throat> and just seeing people that, like, really knew how to do that, it was just so fun to watch. It was a hard game to play. I mean, it definitely had a, a steep learning curve. But just watching KWF 13, if I could get that game to come back and, you know, be active at tournaments and things of that nature and people actually playing it, it would just be – so good, so good to see because you had characters like um Mr. Karate. Yeah, Mr. Oh my god, oh, yeah. Mr. Karate, Takuma. <laughs> like it that game was just so high octane. The sprites, like yeah. I know that now they're going with the uh oh, the 3D models and stuff, but KOF 13 is still one of the best looking fighting games that I've ever seen. And I would love if they brought that back like a HD remastered version of 13. Like it just looks good. The game, like the special effects, the supers. It was just like such a good time. So like, if I had to choose one game to bring back out of obscurity, bring back from the dead, as as Alter B said, rise from your grave, it would be KOF thirteen. Just like to mention real quick, right now, if you have an active Xbox Live 
a membership, you can download KOF 13 for free, and it's yours forever. You have to pay like you know whatever the P, uh, the DLC rate is for the three other characters. What was your team? Out of curiosity, um, I used uh, Takuma, Kyo, and Benny Maru. I think that was my main. Nice. Team. Yeah. yeah. Arthur, you had a team. Uh, I I went over a bunch of teams over the course of the game. I started off with uh, uh, Yuri Kyo Vice, and then later on I played I played Ash Yuri, and who was the anchor in that one? I don't even remember. Uh, there were a lot of cool characters in that game, and I would spend some time with uh, a lot. I don't know. It was fun. The combos in that game were super fun. Like the uh, the yeah. trial mode in particular was one of the most interesting ones I've ever done. Uh, they would you actually show you how game. to play the character, the really <laughs> nice intricacies of the individual members of the cast. And Ash had probably the coolest combos I've ever seen. He had the this uh, power up super where he could cancel. He no longer needed charge to do special moves. So he could cancel a special moves yes. to do a couple of command normals. And so in the corner, he had a loop that was like a light flash kick, cancel the back kick, light flash kick, cancel the back kick, light flash kick, and then you do it over and over again, like four or five times before you round a meter. And it was like the hardest combo that I ever got to do, maybe. It was so fun. Yes, yes. Oh. It's a grown man game. All right. Um, Who were you guys team? Did you play? Huh? Did you play? Oh, yeah, a little bit. Game? Yeah, who'd you play? Oh, um... Oh man, you know what? I can barely remember now. I used to play a uh, Kim, um, K uh, K Dash, and um, Billy. That's not a bad team at all. Yeah. Um, I used to play that one dude, the I drunk, uh, the drunk eight on. <laughs> I used to watch Devin and them play and just be like, I don't want them problems. <laughs> I let the I let the masters handle it. <laughs> Like, let me go over and play my Smash Brothers. It'll be good. It'll, I'll be cool. <laughs> so it's on you, Eve. Oh, okay. Um, so, um, yeah, the uh, game that I would choose if I was to bring it out of obscurity, and we've uh, talked about this game in the past, uh, Street Fighter Cross Tekken, I think I would definitely Ooh. bring that game out of obscurity and into the limelight again. Uh, you know, the thing about Street Fighter Cross Tekken was, is I, uh, back when the game came out, I did not have the money to buy it. Because, um, like, I mean, there were other games coming out, and uh, I was on, I had just, I, I was still playing um, Street Fighter 4 at the time, I think. And, um, you know, I was like, I don't know if I'm ready to switch over to that yet. I love Tekken, I like Street Fighter, but I didn't know if I was ready to switch over to that yet. I wanted to see what everybody else had to say about it. And a lot of people that I knew, like, there were some people I knew that played it religiously. But um, for the most part, I, I remember people being like, nah, I don't like this game. They didn't like the gem system. Like people, well, apparently a lot of people really did not like the gems in that game. And uh, which is fair, because I heard there's a lot of shenanigans involved with that. So, um, but uh, I actually got a chance to, my brother bought me the game for a Christmas, you know, it was like a, a like a, I guess you would call it a stocking stuffer game, like a couple, like a year or two, like like two years ago. And I was like, oh yeah, let me try this game out. And actually, the game is actually pretty good. It's it's pretty freaking good. The um, it's fun. Uh, I didn't realize um, one of the things that really kind of like um, surprised me was that uh, you could um play um as a team online with one of your friends. 
I didn't know that. Like I had, that was something that completely went over my head. Nobody, as far as I remember in my circles, nobody ever discussed that. All I ever heard was, you know, man, this game is cool, but man, the gem system is trash. I was like, oh man, like that, that's not, but to me, just having that in place, having the thing where you could team up with a friend to go up against another team online is a big, is a huge deal to me. Cause that would be really cool, but I never got to experience it. And now, you know, it's like, a, it's, it's, a, it's almost a strictly a discord game where you have to, they have to find like discords dedicated to it in order to find people to play. And um, I think it would be really great to have that game kind of come out of retirement and, uh, you know, like come back into the limelight and really be, get, basically give the game a second chance. Now that we, now that we uh, have a better understanding of the game and what we don't need to be using <laughs> during matches and stuff like that. I think um, it would be really cool to do that, especially now in the age of COVID where we have online matches and stuff like that. And people, you know, we can um, have those like the single single fights, but then you can also have those team battles with like, you know, two V2s and stuff. That would be really fun. I mean, I don't know if they ever, I didn't really keep track of it like that during in the tournament circuit, but I'm not sure if they ever did that during the, um, during the time that it was popular where they would have like people teaming up to uh, go for the gold. But I think that would be really cool right now. And um, they did. So 2012, they had Street Fighter Cross Tekken as one of the main games, right? but it was only in teams. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. One of, the, one of the reasons behind it was people were saying that uh, the game was a little bit too slow-paced during the first year. With the 2013 patch, it actually got a lot faster. Uh, my favorite thing about that, though, was the team of Choco Blanca and Momochi, right? So Momochi was playing Ken, as you might expect. Choco Blanca was playing Balrog. And she would just be charging final taps, right? And uh, Mochi playing footsies or whatever for some long amount of time. And then after like 30 timer seconds it happened or whatever, Pokemon would do a launch. Chocoblanca would come out and hit a final tap and do like 600 damage, right? And then uh, Mochi would tag himself back in, get one hit, tag Chocoblanca back in. And she'd do another final tap because you could just hold six buttons. And that would kill the dude. And it was kind of hilarious. Wow. Like... <laughs> Wow. Uh, but yeah, check out the old footage of even 2012 and you'll see a lot of cool stuff from Street Fighter Cross Tekken. Yeah, I'm going to have to like check that out now cuz that sounds uh pretty wild, man. Like that like that's I like I said I I didn't keep track of the tournament scene at all for that and uh I kind of I regret it, but um I would say that that would be the be the game that I would want to like bring back out of obscurity. Oh, it's on you, Arthur. Oh, my bad. Uh yeah, so Dallas is kind of a nice place from my perspective with uh, the free place. We've gotten large communities to play a lot of the older games. They really like uh, we've had 70 man street fighter two tournaments and 60 man uh, vampire savior tournaments, which is kind of local. Uh, we'll have monthly third strike tournaments that have had up to, I want to say 65 entrants. Like most of the games that I pick right, right now, I actually have a steady amount of competition. The one real exception to that is Capcom versus SNK two. I think it's the best fighting game ever made. Uh, I really like playing it. I, oh, <laughs> I, was in mode last night. I finally managed to get a uh, to fix a GD-ROM drive to where I have it occasionally in one of the Versus City cabinets, which is Richardson Free Play. But it's <clears throat> not optimal for convincing new players to play the game. Before you play it, you have to make like six decisions, and three of the decisions you don't even understand what you're doing. 
And uh, then you have to learn three characters and like half the cast, you don't know who they are. And it's not super apparent what characters you're picking during the character selection process. And the cast is like 46 player uh, characters. So like, I would love to get a thriving CVS2 scene, but it's very newcomer unfriendly. And I don't at the moment know exactly what to do about it. I guess I'm going to continue having out occasionally. And if some people decide to pick it up, that's great. And if they decide not to pick it up, that's kind of what I'm expecting. But, you know, it's a great game. If you're looking for a game to play, check out CVS2. Uh, my answer, you know, somebody already said it. He already said it. But it, it'd be uh, uh, Street Fighter Cross Tekken. Like, what that game was supposed to be, like, that, like, what it, what it felt like when people heard about it, it was coming up, leading up to it. Like, that game was supposed to be it. Like, it was supposed to be the thing that was, like, going to really change, like, the FGC and start, like, this this new wave of, like, you know, this game coming in and having, like, a stronghold for a while and stuff like that. And it was just so much hype for it. It was just supposed to be, like, so amazing. And just how quickly it fell off was just, like, like uh, it was, like, one of, like, a, a, a very, very – you know, last week we talked about like the fall from grace games, and that that was one of them. Like it, it was just sad what really happened to it. Um, you know, from what it what everybody was expecting it to do, everybody was so hyped for. You know, I didn't even you know back then I wasn't even really like too much into fighting games, like seriously, seriously, because like you know I was just everybody was a lot better than me. I I thought I was good. You know, you come from where you're from in high school, then you get to college, you think you're good. Everybody's like ten times better than you. You know, that that was my story. So I just watched. And just from hearing people talk about it, hearing people just anticipation for it, it was like, man, this is going to be it. Like, this is going to be some exciting stuff in the scene. And, and then it wasn't. So, you know, it was just incredibly sad. And that, that would be a yeah. game. Like, I don't know if, the, if you know, make a two, they probably won't make a two. But, <laughs> but you know, I think I, I wish they'd go ahead and make it because, man, that that game, like, it was supposed to be it, man. Like, it was yeah. supposed to be it. So, you know, that that would be my answer. What was your team in that? Yeah. Like I said, I didn't I didn't play it. I was I was watching the grown men play it. Like, I got to college <laughs> and, you know, everybody was just – I was just like, man, like, I, I thought I was good where I was from. Like, I ain't, I ain't getting it. And I was, in, I was a math major in college then, so I was like, I got to choose. I can't. It's either do math or play games, so I chose to do math. <laughs> Probably the better decision. <laughs> oh, What'd you say? That's probably the better but less fun decision. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but anybody else have anything they want to add before we move on to the next topic? Um, uh, Devin, Devin, do you guys play cross Tekken? Yeah. Uh, like, what'd you guys get? Yeah. <laughs> um, you can go ahead, Evan. I mean, like, I mean, I, I never really had a chance to really formulate a team. I, I, all my teams are hypothetical because I never got to use them in an actual match. <laughs> but it's, you know, um, but uh, the characters I, I, would, um, I would use are, um, I guess it would be like Kuma and Raven, I think, like in training mode by myself because I couldn't find anybody to play. <laughs> And then it'll be like, then I was like, oh, you know what? Steven Balrog. Oh, snap, man. Actually, that was pretty cool. Like, Steve, I didn't realize, like, Steve had, like, a, a small projectile. Like, he had, like, a Gadouken, man. 
like in that yeah. game. I was like, oh, that's cool. I missed out, man. I missed out so hard. And now I now I'm just like sh- shifting through the rem- remnants, just like there's got to be something here, man. <laughs> and I'm and if you go to a Discord, man, like chances are I'm like I'm just I'm like oh man, I just got the game. If people have been playing the game since like the it came out on the 360, just gonna body me, man. I'm just like I don't know if I'm ready for that kind of PTSD, man. I've already got other issues. I'm sorting out. I don't need any extra ones to be like weighing me down right now, bro. Like let's let, uh, maybe I'll just stick the training mode, man. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I, I played actually pretty heavily when it came out. I actually enjoyed the game too. Um, <clears throat> I kind of hate that the game fell off the way it did. Uh, but I, my main team that I first started using uh, was Gal and Jin, and my secondary team was uh, Vega and uh, King. So <clears throat> I thought, and I, the, the thing about that game was so cool was the fact that they translated the Tekken characters like flawlessly to two D like fighting it was like they didn't feel awkward they didn't feel janky they felt like they they translated them so well like a character such as like uh how wrong you would think like oh man it's gonna feel weird playing him in a 2d game but he felt like everybody felt perfect shall you like oh this is there's no way they're gonna be able to translate this well but they they did a great job of that um even you know kept the wave dashes uh and electrics from uh with the kazu and jen hayachi but yeah, King was just such a. I loved him in Tekken, but like the way they did him in Street Fighter Cross Tekken was just so cool. Like he had the counters and stuff, and he just felt like a really fun character. And that's why I put him in Vega, just two high flying guys just going at it. The combo system, man, oh my gosh. Like the fact that you could do those combos and then launch and tag and tag into any attack you want to, like kind of basically custom combos, it was dope. I just hate the way the game came and left. It was, it was kind of sad, but. Yeah. I definitely enjoyed it for the time that I did play it. So, yeah. You know, the funny thing was, is like, I remember one of my buddies was talking about how, like, um, the reason why um, Street Fighter V was as, like, under undercooked as it was when it came out was because Street Fighter Cross Tekken was supposed to last us a lot longer than it did, you know? And because it, like, like you know, basically everybody was kind of like, get this trash out of here after a while, you know? They kind of had to throw out Street Fighter V out in throw Street Fighter V to the wolves before it was actually ready to be out there. And so, you know, it comes out and it's bare bones. And now, you know, you basically substituted one problem for another problem. So, which is, uh, I mean, which in in hindsight, it like Street Fighter Cross Tekken really didn't have that big of a problem. It wasn't really that, wasn't really that bad. But I mean, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty though, so. Yeah, well, we can go ahead and hop into this next topic. So, uh, next topic is outside of gameplay, uh, which fighting game gave you like the best experience? So when it came to like its story, its layout, its aesthetic, its features and things like that, like it had that like down packed, like even not even getting into like how the game played and, and you know, all that other stuff. So uh, starting with you, Mr. Game and Lift, which game was that for you? Um. This is another one. Where I'm, I'm the same kind of group of fighters that I just thought about for this last question. I kind of in this answer as well. I'm probably gonna say Soul Calibur four, and maybe kind of Soul Calibur in a, just in general. But um, yeah. mm-hmm. first of all, they had Darth Vader and the Apprentice in Soul Calibur. So that alone right there was like, you I can play Darth Vader and Soul Calibur. 
<laughs> so I was already so you know I, I thought Yoda was cool, but Yoda was kind of cheesy. He's like you can't you can't hit <laughs> yeah. him with like seventy five percent of the attacks with him. You can't grab him. It's like he's just you know. So but the apprentice and, and Vader, just the character customization, the story was pretty cool. I, I like how they kind of you know they always do like a really interesting way of kind of translating a character story that's going to relate to either the soul caliber or the uh, soul edge. And of course, you know, Vader, he ain't looking for no soul guy. He looking for, he wanted, he want ultimate evil. I want a soul edge. You put a soul edge on, on a, on a red lightsaber. That's the end of the world. So, you know, just make sure, you know, that's, that doesn't mix. Sith and, and soul edge. Come on, man. But just the aesthetic of the game. I, I love the way the game looks like soul cap before was such an improvement on three in terms of the visuals. Um, like I said, the character customization is always one of the, the best things about Soul Calibur. I made so many characters. I made Sephiroth. I made Cloud. I made Mega Man. I made Orange <laughs> from Final Fantasy X. I made Titus. I made Awful Ninja Turtles. I made Dante. I made Bert. Like it. It's just one of those things. Like I spent. I probably spent at least probably twenty hours plus in you know just making characters. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's definitely Soul Calibur before for me. I played it a lot. Played online a lot, but just, you know, outside of the game mechanics and everything else, just how the game was packaged, the characters. They also brought in one of my, well, he, he started in three, but they brought him back in four. One of my favorite characters was Zazlamil. So, like, I just had, it was so many things about that game that I just liked in particular, just playing the game, not even, like, at a competitive level, but just, like, playing the story mode, you know, going through, uh, I forgot what the, like, little weapon master mode, all that different stuff, unlocking the different weapons. It just that's that's one of the things that that's why I love Soul Calibur so much. I kind of hate that it always comes out and it's like the little brother to Tekken in terms of 3D fighters. Um, not to say the Soul Calibur 6 isn't popular, but it just seems like it always it, it just hasn't reached that higher level that it used to have. I feel like around like mm -hmm. you know Soul Calibur 2, yeah, even 4. Like after after 4, it kind of just dwindled, you know. Um, actually, even 2 Soul Calibur 2 was an amazing experience. I, I kind of want to group those together. Like giving us Speak console, on. console exclusive characters, and you yeah. know I'm gonna play Link. Like Link, that's one of my favorite games, Zelda. <laughs> and I get to play Link in a fight game. Come on, man! Why would you not choose that version? I mean, Spawn was cool, and the Heihachi's like, okay, I don't care about Heihachi. He's in, you know, Tekken, but Link in a fighting game, the Weapon Master mode again, you know. So it's definitely Soul Calibur for me, and I'm gonna put a little tie, zip tie on and add Soul Calibur two since they're the same game. So. That's sure. definitely a game that for me just felt like was such a good experience overall. Um, okay, for me, um, this is a, a game that like, particularly um, when I bought the game, I thought it was, um, I don't know, it was definitely, it, it immediately struck me as being one, I knew that there would come a time where I would have to say, this is my favorite game in terms of, in terms of aesthetic, in terms of like, you know, content features and stuff. And I knew this day would come and like I've, I've been preparing for this my entire life. Um, it's um, Tekken Tag Tournament 2. That game in terms of like features, in terms of like, you know, music, in terms of like, you know, just um, almost anything that I could possibly have wanted in a game, in a fighting game, was in that game. Uh, first off, it was a it's Tekken Tag, okay? So you have all the characters from Tekken in the game together, tagging each other out and doing crazy combos, and that's number one. All right, but that's even like, let's say like, 
but that that's one thing let's put that off to the side okay the character customization in that game like the character customization was amazing like i would go as far as to say that the character customization in that game was better better at release than it was in tekken 7 when tekken 7 came out like the, it was already like like if you compare them side by side at least in my opinion i think that the character customization in uh tag 2 was way better than tekken 7. um in addition to that we had um the jukebox which was uh, if i remember correctly was on all like every platform that the game released on it was like it was on there like if um, anybody played tekken 7 you know notice that if you're playing it on if you played it on an xbox one uh, i don't know how it is on now but i know for sure at release there was no jukebox on on xbox one there wasn't it wasn't on pc it was only on playstation so that was like if you wanted to change the um the watch calls the uh what do you call that the um background tracks for all of your stages i mean you you could do that only on playstation on tekken 7 but on tekken tag 2 and all consoles had that all had everybody had that at, at launch and it was amazing not only that you didn't even need to use tekken uh, Tekken, what's called soundtracks to do that. Like I remember back in the day, like people were using all types of uh, other tracks from like different, like from outside of Tekken and stuff. It was awesome. Oh man, I man, looking back on like that was what real one of the things that really hooked me to the game was the custom uh, customization options for like the whole game. It felt like. In addition to that, online they had an online practice mode, an online practice mode. When was the last time you saw a game launch with an online practice mode? Like, I mean, it's like Tekken. I mean, it's crazy because Tekken Tag 2 came out with an online practice mode. And then in the next game, there it's not there. Like, I mean, Tekken, Tekken 7, Soul Calibur 6, Street Fighter 5, like all these games that came out after Tekken Tag 2 uh, did, and we don't have, and there's no online practice mode, which I think is kind of, in my opinion, is something that, especially now, right now, is is crucial, it's necessary, and it's nowhere to be found. Like, especially, I mean, if you're on PC, um, you can do like Steam Share, you can do like the uh, Steam Remote Play, you can do, uh, parsec or something like that but it, i feel like that's something that needs to have been built into the infrastructure of the game like it's easily accessible you don't have to go to like an like uh you don't have to go seek out another program or something to get it done you just it's right there it says practice mode online practice mode so um yeah uh i say all that to say yes tekken tag 2 would definitely be the game in terms of like features aesthetic like just generally speaking would be my favorite it's like it's up there definitely number one um as far as i'm concerned as far as uh HWX music and well those two in particular uh one of my favorite games has always been garo mark of the wolves on uh, neo geo the animation is super super nice like everything just looks amazing uh all the stages have really cool intros all the stages have tons of animation things going on in the background uh the characters just look flawless they look amazing uh, any type of character's moving, there's like cloth rippling all the way down the leg, and uh, the like when you have projectiles clashing, they have just really exaggerated and and well done uh, collision between them. But I think the the most interesting thing to me about the game, so uh, sort of the main character of the game, Rock Howard, he's Geese Howard's son, right? And the game came out in like 1999, and just a few years earlier, I'd bought a cassette album by uh, Techno composer i guess the right word robert miles uh 
album was like called Dreamland, I want to say. And one of the, the first track on it was this track, Children. And that was why I bought it. I heard on the radio at some point, thought, oh, that's really cool. I'm going to buy this album. So, like, in the 90s, I bought this album, a cassette. Well, Rock Howard, the son of Geese Howard, like, his his theme song in that game is totally stolen from Robert Miles' song, Children. And, like, there's no credit given for it or anything. But, yeah, give it a listen. <laughs> I thought that was really, really interesting. They gave him that particular song. And uh, kind of always stuck with me over the years. And it's a great game. Sort of. Uh, it's got a couple <laughs> problems, but they're all gameplay related. <laughs> but from an aesthetic standpoint, man, I love that game. It doesn't have too many extra modes or anything, and definitely don't have anything compared to like the customization of the Namco fighters. So maybe my answer is a little bit too simple, but I'm sticking with it. Garo, Mark of the Wolves. Um, for me, I'm always kind of like indecisive. I always have like a couple games in my head, and I'll be like, I can't just choose one. So, an, honor- uh, an honorable mention, I'd say, is Street Fighter Alpha 3. Uh, I can remember playing that game, and it was just so much like I, I never got tired of playing it. Like, from going through story mode with every single person because I wanted to see how you interacted with every character in the game and how you interacted in the end with M. Bison, even characters that I didn't even playing i hated playing like back then i hated playing charge characters i hated playing 360 characters so you're trying to go through with zangief i can't do none of his moves so i'm just heavy sweeping people to death and all that stuff <laughs> just to try to hurry up and get to the end um and just see how their stories align and stuff like that um from unlocking like the secret characters trying to like find evil Reed to fight trying to find shinokuma to fight trying to uh meet guile in story mode and fight him uh from the secret kind of ways you could do like special moves like Fei Long had a move to where when you did it super if it hit from a certain distance you could kind of add more hits to the super um and Ryu had the same thing he had a super where he'd elbow you, elbow you but if you did it from a certain distance instead of just doing a short you could with one hand he'd do it with two and then switch back to the other one like um man the music in the game was great the announcer in the game was great uh, survival mode was pro- that's probably the only survival mode I played in a video game. Uh, I, mean, I keep I think going I lost the number to world tour mode at some point in time was in high school. Yeah, yes. like, like just <laughs> you keep going on and on about Street Fighter Alpha Three. But the one I I want to say once again, somebody already said it, but it's Soul Calibur. Like I can remember Soul Calibur Two. And man, I, I played that game till my mom would literally just come and unhook the system out the wall. <laughs> like, <laughs> like making sure you go through and see everybody's story, like making sure you got all the weapons, the customizations. The story was like so intricate, man. It's it's just like the medieval times feel. You listening to the announcer, like he's like your dad talking to you or something, like you don't know everything you gotta say, how everything intertwines. Um Man, the, like the games were just so like the, like the whole soul. I remember when Zoslamel first came out, and I was so interested in his story because it's like he can't die, but he's trying to like get the weapon so he can die. And it it was just like, man, like how's this gonna work with everybody? Like you know, like his 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 motives are so different. Everybody else want like some type of secret power or help somebody else. Like he's like, man, look, I'm just trying to get up out of here. it's like once i'm done with it y'all can have it but you know so it was just unique to try to like siegfried nightmares relationship and stuff like that who really was nightmare how did he originally come about um you know and as the games got uh 
more into their series. They just got more intricate with the stories and stuff you can unlock. I was obsessed with trying to get everybody's soul edge and soul caliber weapons. Like obsessed with it. Everybody had to have one. So those are my two answers. So uh, anybody else have anything they want to add before we move on? Yeah, I, I just want to say that Alpha 3 was definitely one of my top ones. Though, though that game right there for me is is also going down in history. Like the the world tour mode, he actually uh the dramatic mode. I don't know if y'all remember the dramatic battle. Yeah. 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 And I, I I really don't think there's ever been a street fight. Yeah, I don't think there's ever been a street fighter that had that feel of just like, you know, now everything's so competitive. It's like mainly focused on like the online and, and the you know, uh, player versus player aspect, but there hasn't been a street fighter that's had like that single player experience like that in a long time. I don't think maybe third strike, I guess, but I think alpha three for me definitely has that um, in the bag. Like there's just, you playing it by yourself. Like the amount of times I played war term, uh, war term mode, it was just like level, almost like a slight mini RPG in a sense. Like if they could bring something like that back, it was just seeing the character dialogues and people talk to each other. Then when you get to like the, the, like the rival battles, it was just so cool. They had the music changes and all this stuff, mm -hmm. man. That that game, and then you you fight Shinokuma in his in his lair, and then like the music just his specific theme was like, okay, I'm I don't feel safe here, but you know, I guess I I gotta fight my way out of this. Yeah, but um, yeah, Alpha Three was was dope. And on to your note, what you mentioned about the online training modes, uh, E, I think. <clears throat> The only game right now I think has online training mode is MK11, if I'm if I'm not not mistaken. MK11 That's has an online training mode, but I don't think many others have it, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. that, that definitely is something I feel like should kind of be um, kind of just implemented in more fighting games. Yeah, just to give you that, yeah, if you want to practice against something, yeah. So if you if you want to practice, because a lot, a lot of times, I, like even with Grand Blue, you can go test something out in training mode. But you you're not able to like necessarily recreate it like perfectly. So if you're testing out frame data or like how to punish something, it might be slightly off. But if you have a person that can actually do that and react to it, so I, sometimes I feel like that's a little more accurate. So yeah, um, yeah, I think MK11 is the only one that I can think. It might be some others, but I think that's the only one right now that has a online training mode. Uh. Um, on the on the subject of uh, Street Fighter Alpha Three, yeah, yeah man, uh, Street Fighter Alpha Three had a really like man the sound like you know it was funny because like, I remember thinking every every time I hear a track, uh, I think of like Cody punching through a wall. Like every time I hear a track from that, I just like, and they actually I was listening. I went I was on YouTube and they actually had a picture of Cody punching through a wall. Like, I was like this this is it right here. This is what I'm thinking about. But. Um, yeah, like uh, the dramatic battles, the world tour. I remember like they had like, um, which mode was it where you could actually alter your character to have like different stuff? Like you had to like, oh, you could get like air guard and stuff like that, which against a character world, world tour, like yeah. remember like, especially fighting against Bison, that's almost necessary because he can do that. Um, his like super cycle crusher at the, at the drop of a hat. Like he'll just immediate, like if he sees you jump immediately, he does it. And you, I mean, if you're, and if you can't air block, you're dead, man. Like he's got you <laughs> like they're like, when you're a kid, you know, you like to jump a lot. I mean, I like to jump a lot. And every time I jump, he hit me with that psycho crusher. But the minute I got air guard, man, it was over, bro. I'm not going to say I beat him easily, but I definitely wasn't like, Oh no, I got hit by super psycho crusher. Um, Man, what a great game. That was, yes, uh, Alpha 3 was pretty good, man. That that announcer, though, man, triumph or die. Yeah. 
One of the best announcers ever. That the announcer for three in Soul Cattle, probably some of the best announcers ever. And four, she fired four had a good announcer. Mm-hmm. The, the, the original announcer that was a good announcer. What'll happen now? A special shout out to MK too. They had some really great stories that kept you intertwined and stuff like that, and really wanted mm-hmm. to know what was going on. So, um, so we can move on to the next topic. Uh, for you, what's the most important element in making a, a great fighting game? Uh, you know, nine day, well, especially in this day and age, you know, it's more so talk about good net code is you know really the most prevalent thing now, but. You know, outside of that, in your personal opinion, what what aspect or what feature or whatever it is about a fighting game is necessary for it to be a good fighting game? Starting with you, Devin. Um, let's see. There's there's a lot of ways you can go with this because, like you just said, you, you said the net code. That's more so like the the online aspect. I I think honestly, um. To me personally, the thing that makes a good fighting game is like watchability, like ha- have it being interesting. Cause that's that's really the main thing when it comes to even if it's just casual, like looking at a fighting game without any like competitive mindset or anything, like that looks cool. That's that's usually I think a lot of time when people get into fighting, game, oh that looks cool, that looks dope. Oh they care to did something that was awesome. Like so when you look at something that's like you're already accepting of it, like that looks dope. I want to go and try it and play it for myself. So that's that's always been my thing, honestly. Like you look at a fighting game, the characters look cool, the attacks look cool, and even when you jump into the competitive side, that keeps people interested more, more likely than not. Even if they're not competitive themselves, they look at it like, oh, that was dope. I want to keep watching this. So I think that's one of the elements, just not even necessarily gameplay, but just having something like having it be interesting, whether it be the characters, the way the game looks, and and even like we just talked about sounds. I think all those things are kind of like their outside aspect, but they're definitely important to get the grasp your attention. Because again, I mean, if, if we can't keep your attention, you're probably not going to play or watch the game. So if we can do something to keep these characters fresh and interesting, the, the gameplay, the way the game looks, the way it sounds, the way it feels, the way it plays. I think that's going to keep people, you know, attached to it. Um, and then uh, you throw maybe good net code on top of that, throw some good gameplay mechanics, some nice combos, especially combos. That's probably the closest thing I would say that's linked to that. Having some dope combos, uh, interesting looking moves, animations, all this stuff takes into consideration. Um, and I feel like that's probably one of the, the most important aspects because let's say you have a game that has pretty decent gameplay, maybe some interesting mechanics, but if it looks boring, it's like, nobody want to play that. Nobody's going to want to watch it. So you bring <laughs> out a game like that, then you have it like people compete. It's like, man, the game's so boring, man. Oh, I did another. It's like, but if you have something that's high octane, high energy people like man i can't wait to watch this i can't wait for the grand finals i can't wait for this so to me i think that having a game that is attention grabbing that's one of the most important elements of a fighting game Mm. i don't know man uh i I think i pretty much agree with um just about everything um devin said right there i think like um having a game that's um watchable that um that people can be drawn in by is really important because like, I mean, you know, the idea is, is like, um, you know, I mean, not to get too uh, ridiculous, but I mean, kind of like a fighting game is almost like a martial art, you know? And the uh, one thing my, um, uh, my sensei used to say is like, all right, now who's the most important, um, 
Like, who's the most important person in, like, a martial art? And we used to, like, well, the master, of course. It's like, no, the beginner, because without the beginner, the art would die. And I think, like, that's the most important thing is to bring in new people, you know, and the way you bring in new people is by having, like, a situ like being able to, like, you know, get grab their attention and then keep it there the whole time. So, you know, having, like, a, the right kind of aesthetic, having, like, um, characters that look cool, characters that have, like, um, the, that, are, that um, are pleasing to the eye, you know, in more ways than one. Um, you know, of course, you know, MVC three. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely in that category. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, man, like, I, I mean, MVC three was pretty cool. I, I will admit, I mean, MVC three did some things wrong, but as far as like the way it looked and stuff, the way the combos, um, even like the some of the music and stuff like that in the game, it was really attention grabbing. There's a lot going on on screen. And uh, in order to um, really uh, keep people keep people in, uh, invested, I think you kind of have to lean on that a little bit. And, you know, people want to people want to be excited to play the game. People want to want to be like, oh man, like this is awesome. This is it. You know, like like Devin said, like you get to grand finals, like people are looking forward to grand finals at the beginning. Like they're kind of like, oh man, who's going to make it there? You can you got your your favorites and stuff like that. People are sitting down. People got their popcorn ready. They're ready to see something happen, man. Like they're they're ready to see something crazy happen on screen. And I mean, that applies to just almost every game, even, even right now, you know, like Tekken 7 is a really like, Tekken before was a good game to watch, but over the years, it's become more of a spectacle. Like it's more of a spectacle than it used to be. Um, like when they added the rage system in Tekken 6, and then Rage is kind of like, you know, oh man, now he's like, he's, re he's really doing damage, taking less damage. Then they add, of course, like the rage drives and the rage, well, rage arts. Now, I don't necessarily like them too much all the time, but I do understand their purpose and where they, that what kind of, um what, what kind of like, the purpose that they serve in the general, um, uh, the watchability of a, of like a teching of a, of a fighting game. Same with like uh, the ultras, the supers, and Street Fighter Four, the V triggers, and Street Fighter Five, the supers. Like this kind of like I guess you would say like the exclamation mark at the end of any given sentence. You know, it's like boom, 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 bam. Like right at the very end, it's like, and this could be the end. It might not be the end. They, I mean, they might be dead, but they might get that magic pixel. And then now like you got no health and now people are kind of, now people who were rooting against you are now kind of like on your side now, because now you're the underdog with one health left. This guy's got half his health. What are you going to do? And then before you know it, it's a reversal. It's like, oh my God. And then he got him with the, oh my God, you know? So yeah, man. <laughs> I think, um, you know, another game that does that really well is Killer Instinct with the ultra combos and stuff. I mean, that is that is one of the most watchable games out right now. And then the uh, announcer, ultra combo. Man, yo, so. And then how the music just changes with the stuff that happens in the game, yeah. like the different moves and stuff. Yeah, it keeps it hype. Yeah. Boom, 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 so yeah yeah so yeah man i think like uh in terms of like one of the most important things i would say is style and aesthetic um you know stuff like that that keeps keeps people invested like you know keeps your eyes on the screen keeps you glued to your seat the whole time it's like dude i don't even want to leave i gotta go to the bathroom but i gotta see what happens at the end of this match i'm not waiting for the for the highlight reel in a week i want to see what happens right now so yeah, man, that's that's what one of the things I would say is one of the most important things in a fighting game. 
like I think that the most important audience to capture is the the newcomer, the guy that's never going to go to a tournament, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're going to capture them a lot better if you have a game that tournament players are going to enjoy, I think. And one of my problems with uh, modern games mainly has been like, if you look at Evo from 2009 until the end of Street Fighter 4, it was, there were always more people playing Street Fighter 4 than the year before. It was always growing. Then Street Fighter 5 happens and... Yeah, there's like twice as many people for the first Evo, but it was on a downward slope. Every year there were less entrants than there were the year before. Uh, Street Fighter V hasn't even been the number one game at Evo a couple of times. It's kind of weird to me. Uh, just because, you know, I always sort of thought of Evo as first and foremost a Street Fighter tournament. <laughs> but uh, if numbers are going down, then I think that you're doing something wrong with your game. And one of my problems with like Dragon Ball and Street Fighter and. I guess Mortal Kombat's, like, all the characters play a little bit too similar, right? And I think that you have to have more character diversity than has been happening lately. Uh, Tekken seems to be doing stuff well. Tekken has been growing and growing and growing. I think right now it's the most played game. It's kind of hard to really determine that because at the moment, you know, there aren't any real big tournaments or anything. But, like... Everyone in Street Fighter V seemed to have the same sort of game plan of get in your face, be plus two, and then am I going to throw you or am I going to shimmy you? And everyone in Dragon Ball has the same sort of, I'm going to... Man, I, I can't even tell you. I I watch Dragon Ball and just bored to tears. It looks like there's like a 20-second long string of, I'm watching you not have to make a single decision. I'm sure a Dragon Ball player would absolutely disagree with me and tell me why I'm wrong. So I'll look forward to those comments at some point in time. <laughs> but character diversity and and uh, I don't know, it's it's kind of a hard hard thing to really put my finger on. Um, I'd say for I'd say for me, like I'm thinking about the newcomer also, so. I'd say for me, like one thing that was I wanted to get in the Street Fighter Four, but um, it was like a little bit difficult, you know, FADC one frame links and all that other stuff of trying to get into it. And you know, I wasn't really a person that was like like I said in college too too heavy into it. So um, one thing I'd say is like uh, for the newcomers is you know you draw them in with the nice stuff and whatever, but uh, great training modes would be. Uh, great too like to just you know the game can teach you so much and not me having to call Devin you know 80 times in a day because I just don't understand what I'm doing wrong <laughs> with this thing you know and the game really like doing its best to teach me instead of just here's the combo on the screen do it <laughs> and it's just like I'm, I'm pressing what it is that I need to press. am I going too slow am I going too fast is it a certain mm-hmm. way I need to input it? Do I need to do it like this? Do it like that? And with people who are just fresh coming into the game, just like, I saw this, it looked cool. Let me go ahead and start playing it. You know, a lot of people, when you have them so confused, they get they get turned off of it. They're just like, I, I'm not familiar. Like, I'm, I'm finna put this down. It's not worth the effort. But if you had something, I think they said them fighting nerds has like a really great um, tutorial mode in their game and stuff like that. So it's great to see their games. Like, you know, there's some games that have them. But I'd like to see that more like universal of games to just like really, really teach their players how to play, uh, you know, really what to do, 
Um, Guilty Gear Strive seems like it's trying to do that, where they actually have like the characters and stuff talking to you and really giving you input based on like them seeing what you're doing with your inputs or how you're like acting in the game. So hopefully that goes well. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one thing I'd say is just like something that can really like you know shepherd them throughout you know trying to learn this game if you're a beginner and not just like oh i'm so interested it looked cool you're thrown in there and it's just like okay you're training do your thing and it's just like <laughs> you know I, I don't i don't i can't so that'll be my uh, <laughs> that'll be my answer uh does anybody else have anything before we move on i just wanted to add on to what uh, arthur was talking about with dragon ball i actually i agree um, if I had to, if I had to guess right now, I'd probably say the top games that are probably like most active are probably Street Fighter, Dragon Ball, and Tekken. If I just had to make like a educated guess, but what you said about character diversity, I agree because Dragon Ball Fighters didn't have it at all at first, really. Like everybody felt the same. Everybody's combos felt the same. Like the routes felt the same. I don't think until now, really, with the DLC, like. Roshi and Baby, they feel like fairly different from the rest of the cast, like with what they can do. Um, they have like these nuances with their attacks, like Baby, his projectiles um, return to him. He's like the only character that has it. I mean, Krillin kind of had it a little bit, but not to the extent that Baby has. So I, I do agree that like character diversity is definitely important. Because um, like if you have everybody that kind of feel they play the same, it's like, I don't, there's nobody, no, nobody feels different. So I think that arc system they're learning with that because, like I said, Roshi he he definitely felt different. Like you, you had to like put him, take him into the lab, take time to learn and play him because his combo routes were totally different from everybody else. So it's like you can't you can't like for the most part when Dragon Ball kind of came out, I feel like you could kind of just pick up somebody. I can I can kind of get a a general idea how the combo routes are for the most part. But when Roshi came, he's like no. You cannot do ABC Dragon Rush Super Dash. You have to do different combos. And I also agree <laughs> with what you were saying with how the game is played. Dragon Ball is I like the game, but it's just I don't know. It's, it's something about it. It has a really wild random factor. That, like, like I said, I like it, but there are a few things about it that I just don't really agree with. Like the auto combos being so, so potent. Um, having like autocorrect properties vacuum properties like if i could show you some of the things i've experienced in dragon ball from auto combos and super dash i, I really don't like super dash at all i i mean there should be some type of flight mechanic in dragon ball but the fact that it is like tied to an attack that automatically homes in on it i just yeah don't like um i feel like it should have like arcana heart had a homing attack a homing move but it wasn't an attack you just flew to them but you didn't like attack them so certain things like that, I feel like it does kind of make it, uh, for lack of a better term, brain dead in a sense. Because um, I, I still feel like the neutral to Dragon Ball to me still feels weird. Like a lot of times, I'm I'm very like I try to be calculated, so I'm I'm kind of utilizing the space, moving back and forth to see how you know what, you, excuse me, what you're gonna do. In Dragon Ball, it's like you can't really do that because it's like, oh, you mess around and mess up a back dash, and now you get super dash on. You can't block in the while you're back dashing so it's like i don't know i enjoy the game i think it's i think it's probably one of the best examples of how the game looks interesting i mean it's dragon ball most people love dragon ball and not only that but they did a good job of making the game the aesthetic look just like the show yeah and also it's fairly easy you know the the intro like how to you know the controls and stuff 
Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I just feel like that's one of those things where it's like sometimes you can make things, I don't know, a little too little too I, I don't want to say I don't want to use the term brain dead because people are like you just said, Dragon Ball players. Oh man, this is not brain dead. There's such a calculated decisions <laughs> here. It's like, you know. But yeah, I can't wait to see these comments. <laughs> but it is just personal things for me that I just really, really don't like about the game. But I just I had I had to mention that when you brought that up, I was like, yeah, I, I feel the same way. Mm, I yeah. wanted to like it, but it, yeah, it's not for me. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. I I kind of feel like um uh, that thing where you said where you're back dashing and then somebody hits you with the super dash. I've been I've been subject to that many times. Um, I feel like yeah, I got agree with like the the neutral for that game to me as well is a little weird. And, um, and of course, like, unfortunately, if you make one mistake, um, and like I said, that super dash will lead to some big damage because now you're being comboed and, uh, now you're in the air now you're knocked on the ground and now Kid Buu just came in. Now Kid Buu's beating the crap out of you. He used a super move and now Gohan jumped in and now you're being Kamehameha waved and now, oh, death in one touch. Now you're dead. Your character is dead. You know, I mean, it's. I would. I don't know if I would necessarily say that it's a death in one touch game, but I, I I've heard people say that it's like a death in one touch. Like if you do the right the right combo with the right amount of meter, you can kill somebody's character in one com in like in one cycle of your characters and stuff. I'm not. Sh I've never had that happen before, but I have played. Uh, I, have, I have a buddy who plays who played the game pretty pr a lot, and um, he was using um, Ultra Instinct Goku, and I'm just like, bro, what is this? What is going on in this game? Like, what what is this character? I don't understand it. And um, like that character by himself just does the, all this ridiculous stuff. And then you're like, oh wow, Ultra Instinct Goku is beating the nonsense out of me. And he's like, oh well, did you forget about my friends? Here, let me bring them in for a while. It's like, oh man, now oh, and my character's dead. All right, great. So I don't know, man. I I, I like the um, I like I said, like the the way that they made the characters look is great. The music is cool um like just generally the style of the game is amazing it's it's really great but man like some of the actual um, mechanics in the game just i'm they just escape me it's a it's beyond some of that stuff is just beyond my ken you know i mean and that's just for like 2d fighters in general i think but that game more than more than others because there's just so much going on and sometimes you get in, into like a they start like comboing you and you're just kind of like, I don't know. Is there anything I can do? There's nothing I can do. I made one mistake and now like, I'm gonna lose like three quarters of my health because like, they're just gonna uh, cycle through all the characters. It's it's very, it's it's kind of, uh, as a beginner, it's very, you're just kind of like, man, when, when can I do that? How do I learn how to do that stuff? It just seems like so far out of reach, man. Cause that, that some of that damage, man, is just, uh, it's ridiculous. Like, Oh man, Alpha one mistake, just one mistake. I'm not allowed to make any mistakes. I know you're not supposed to be making mistakes, but one mistake and I lose like more than half my health. God. Hey, you knew what was up when you picked up the controller. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I really Dragon Ball definitely it's definitely a TOD game. If you get touched, some a lot of characters you can just die from zero bar touch. Like if I <laughs> two H you and I spark, you're dead. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Sparking. All right. Well, we can mosey on down this road to our next to last topic. So we have the question, are large character rosters like uh, Super Smash Brothers uh, Ultimate, are they really, you know, raising gamers' expectations to where uh, other games have to like make their rosters pretty, pretty 
large throughout his history. And, you know, we have uh, things going on now to where people are kind of, it seems like even with Guilty Gear Strive coming out, was that like 16 characters at launch? And it seems like people are saying like, that's scarce. So, you know, even at launch, 16 characters is scarce. So do you feel like we're getting to a point to where you have to have absurd rosters? That's what people are expecting. That is what people are wanting. Uh, starting with you, Mr. Game and Lift, how do you feel about this? Um, I don't know. I don't know if I would say we're getting to a point where because okay, so l- let me say this Smash Brothers got like 70 some characters. So, so if you just expecting <laughs> a game to come out and have that many characters, like this ain't Marvel 2, and this and and even that <laughs> game, it was a lot of copy characters and a lot of characters that nobody would expect. Yeah, Tikai had like a million. Yeah, but I I guess that's that's more I I consider Tenkaichi a arena fighter. I don't I consider Budokai yeah. like a fighter. Um, I think he had a pretty large roster, but um, I don't. Yeah, I just think that you can expect. I, I say like expecting sixteen to like a twenty something roster. That's 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 feasible. Because I mean, you know, you're gonna get DLC. I, I think the biggest issue was when people. Like let's say you start off with sixteen characters, and by the end of the game's life, you got like I don't know, it could get maybe goes to maybe possibly thirty mid thirties to forty. I think that's like was well, people are like, well, why can't you just put some of them characters in like earlier? You made me pay for like over like twenty some characters, so I feel like that might be some people think about. But I don't. I mean, to me, it shouldn't be. I don't think we're in an age where people are like. Man, this game, if you don't have 70 characters, man, I ain't playing this game, man. I, I got to have 70 characters from lunch, man. <laughs> you know? And again, with Smash Brothers, it's a lot of, it's Echo characters. So it's not like mm-hmm. technically every character is a different character. There's basically, you got a character, then there's an Echo. I mean, first of all, you know, we got like 30,000 Fire Emblem characters in Smash Brothers. <laughs> so you already <laughs> might as well make a Fire Emblem fighting game. But yeah, I don't think you can... um just expect like these 30 plus rosters right off the bat now you might get it and also there's a thing like you know developing characters i'm I'm pretty sure that takes some time and if you want characters to be like pretty unique uh aside like we just talked about dragon ball how characters were kind of kind of samey at first if you want like really unique characters and i i guess like keeping it at a smaller number at first kind of gives you the ability to focus in on those characters play styles because if you put like 30 40 characters in at the at the beginning it's like Man, how how different are these characters gonna play? Are they really that different? So, I mean, you look at something like Street Fighter Four, Street Fighter Five. Now, those characters are fairly different. You got some kind of copy and paste a little bit uh, with the Shoto, you know, archetype things of that nature. But yeah, I, I don't think we. There might be some people that think that oh man, I need to have thirty plus characters off rip, um, or else I'm not buying this game. But when you look at it at a deeper level, it's like you really want unique characters. They have different play styles and everybody's well fleshed out. And mm-hmm. depending on how long it took the game to develop, you know, he's probably going to be around like 15 or 16 from the jump. I would say 20 is a good number. You give me 20 characters at the jump, you know, that's I'm fine with that. But again, like we mentioned earlier, interesting play styles. Skullgirls was a game that had a really small roster at first, but the characters were really interesting. So it's almost like you really didn't care because it's like, okay, these characters are so unique. Um, they're so different. I'm I'm kind of already my time is taken up by just learning these characters because they're so different from each other. And they added a few characters, and it's still like everybody is so different and unique. 
that it's like uh, it's only got what about maybe 15 characters total even after like uh, a new edition and a few updates but it's like they're so different that it's like i don't care because they're so unique that nobody's really the same so i don't think we're getting to that point but you know i i just i just hope people are not expecting to get like 50 plus characters because like i said this ain't marvel 2 no more that was a game i think <laughs> oh man you see all these characters i gotta unlock all these characters man and again, like I said, half of them were copy characters, so you know. Um, so like um in terms of like uh big character rosters, I think like um one of the things that uh, I when I think about like big care the the roster of um Super Smash Brothers is is that um uh and I mean correct me if and uh, feel free to disagree with me guys um on this on this on this case, but uh when they come when they have characters they're putting the characters in the game it's not like like we're necessarily having to make new new characters these are characters with established lore you're basically taking a character and trying to come up with a move list for each character you know what i mean and um it's like you know it's like okay we need a character from like you know metro like you you want a uh, samus from metroid but it's not like samus from metroid didn't exist before super smash brothers came out it's like samus has existed for years we're just finding a way to like uh translate that character character's moves into the game so it's like all these characters like i mean i don't think i don't think it's a, i don't think it's fair to necessarily hold other fighting games to the same standard of super smash brothers you know because a lot of games don't even um, don't even have that many characters in their established lore to even put in the game in the first place. Uh, like Tekken has a pretty at this point has a pretty good roster of characters, but I mean all those characters like a lot of those characters those characters have to, are established within the Tekken universe. Like there's characters that have been created specifically for Tekken, uh, except for Akuma and Geese Howard. And, uh, but anyway, like ever all those other Tekken characters, those guys are established characters that are that that come out of the Tekken universe. But like you know, Smash Brothers has. A, I'm not gonna say they have it easy, but easier because it's like okay, here's a character you want to put this character into the game. Okay, what does this character do in that game? All right, we need to translate those moves into this game. All right, cool. And then before you know it, you have like all these like you have like an, an ex, a huge roster of characters all the time. Like like you have like Ken and Ryu, um, who've all who I mean Ken and Ryu who have established fighting game uh, like moveless in Street Fighter. Terry Bogard, who has who's established fighting game character from uh, Art of Fighting, King of Fighters. You know. Um, all like like we were saying before, uh, all of the Fire Emblem characters. I mean, pretty much. Like they have like their own moves that are already like established in other games. Um, I think like, I'm, I, but back to the original point, it's that I don't feel like having a 16, 16 characters as a roster is too small. I think that's actually pretty decent uh, for the beginning, like especially for the launch of a game. It's pretty good. I, I think um, it's, there's enough variety. Uh, I think like, especially in Guilty Gear Strive, like the like the variety between the game between excuse me the game between the characters you know you got Saul of course like the usual suspects like Saul Kai Kisuke um, there's May you know Milia Rage uh, uh, excuse me uh, Zato one I call him Eddie because like when I started playing the game uh, Guilty Gear X two uh, Zato was already dead so he was just called Eddie when, when we were playing he was Zato had been dead for for a while so it was like we were just like oh it's Eddie but no it's Zato one anyway. Um, but then, you know, you have like these new characters coming in and like, they're like, 
um, like uh, what's called Giovanna, who looks really cool. Like that looks a really cool looking character. Like these are characters, these new characters coming out, and even the older characters are going to come out with new moves. They're going to keep people busy for a while. Like the amount of combo videos that are going to come out for these characters are going to have people like like he people's heads spinning for a while until the next character comes out. And I'm, did they even announce the last character for Guilty Gear yet? Uh, did they? Um, did they? I don't. I don't think so. Right. So. I don't think oh, I don't they even haven't announced. Yeah, right. So we don't even no, know who the last, huh? So like, I mean, we don't even know who the last character is. So I mean, I mean, we we know we got Anji Mito, and we got one more mystery mystery character. So we're still in we're still in limbo as far as like how what character is going to be in the game. So I don't know. I'm all, I'm saying all this to say that I think that uh like number one that we shouldn't be holding every game up to the same standard as like super smash brothers because that's like that's a game that pulls in characters from everywhere everywhere we got solid snake and solid snake is in the game he's not even a fighting game character he's but i mean he's got fighting moves but you he's not even a fighting game character but he's in the game he's in the game cloud strife sephiroth like i mean all these characters from like they just pull characters from wherever i mean duck people hunt. are talking huh duck hunt duck. yeah duck hunt dog like all these characters just they don't have to they not even an action game it's like just from all these different universes in this one game so i i don't i don't think it's i i think it's a little uh a little uh, uh weird to kind of hold other games to the same state uh same standard as like super smash brothers when it comes to uh, rosters because it's just like nah man there's just too many too many things that um, Smash Brothers pulls from as far as like you know characters and um in opposition to like the other games where I'm just like I'm just trying to get make characters that are just in this universe here man I'm I'm still trying to make like I wonder how long it took to make a character like Giovanna you know never mind you know we're not gonna get into that I just think like the answer is uh for me is like no I think like we we're good with like the amount of characters we have right now you know um you know 16 is good. Uh, even like like Devin was saying before, Skullgirls, the amount of characters they came out with. I was I loved Sarabella when the game came out. You know, I liked Sarabella. I thought Paymo was pretty cool. But then I fell in love when Squiggly came out. So yeah. you know, I, I was like, "Yo, Squiggly is so awesome. She is such a cool character." Uh, but yeah, man, uh, that that is my answer. Uh, if you can find it in uh, that big like that big uh, dissertation. Welcome to my TED talk. I think <laughs> <laughs> I think that like 70 or whatever characters that Smash has is kind of an unrealistic standard to hold anything else to. But after that, I think it kind of depends on like the right number of characters per game depends on the style of game. If it's like a tag game, right? Like say King of Fighters, Marvel, whatever, they tr traditionally have a much larger cast because I mean, you can pick up three characters at a time. So if you're going to have as many potential I mean, I, I guess you can have a lot. Depends on how you want to look at it. Uh, I'm going to stop talking about math. Uh, you just have a larger uh, cast if you have a team game. When Street Fighter V came out, it had 16 characters, and it has 40-ish now, I want to say. That's not including the, the current crop of DLC that's still coming. So that'll put it to, like, what, 44, 46, something like that? <laughs> but when it came out, it had 16, and it got a lot of heat for being too small of a roster. Uh, likewise, when Street Fighter 4 first came out in arcades, it had had 16 plus Akuma once they released the code for him, so kind of 17 characters. And honestly, I 
I liked how Street Fighter 4 did the character releases where every year or so the year or two they'd have an update where you get a bunch. I don't like the modern idea of you get a character every couple of months. I I don't know. Mm, yeah. Showing my age on this one, but uh, <laughs> the, the one of the time DLC is kind of annoying <laughs> to me for whatever reason. But either way, like the 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 roster is going to grow over time, and sixteen isn't a bad number. I would say twenty is probably the optimal number, so your game doesn't look small. But then if you look at a game like Power Rangers, I mean, sure, it's kind of on a smaller budget than than Tekken or Street Fighter or whatever. But it only has after like multiple seasons of DLC, I want to say about twenty characters, and it's yeah. still a pretty fun game. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's no reason why you can't have a good game with with a smaller roster. I, I think the, the most interesting case I could point to is we used to play the Venerable House of Goons, a game that we refer to as Bus Fighter. We were playing a Capcom fighting game, History Strong Disciple Kenichi. Had a, it was an anime manga. It had a, a Capcom release fighting game. It wasn't very good. It was boring. It was bad. Uh, you couldn't really do anything. But there was this one stage here on the top of like this semi-truck that we just called a bus because of, I don't know, the amount of Shiner Box we were drinking. Anyway, there was one character <laughs> that had a combo that would that would it was like uh, three hits into a dash, three hits into a dash, three hits into a dash into a into a knockdown, and he would mostly knock people off the bus. And we must have played like that character in a mirror matches for weeks at a time uh, on that one stage. It was just a lot of fun, and you know that was it was stupid, but it was one character that we were using, and, and we had a lot of fun. <laughs> Like you can have a good time with a small roster. There's no reason that it has to have seventy or forty or any number. As long as the game's solid, then there you go. Mm-hmm. But you will probably get some flack for having a small roster. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of have to um, take some points away from uh, Devin and Arthur that I agree with. If, if one is that. Um, you have to look at what type of game Smash Brothers is. Like they wanted that to be a party game originally. Like that's what they wanted that game to be, and that's what the director still wanted to be. Mm. We know party games; it's just a lot going on, a lot of shenanigans. I mean, we're even playing the game the way Nintendo doesn't even really want it to be played. They want items on. They want randomness. They want all this different stuff. So what we're trying to make it to be is not originally what the creators really wanted to be. So with them having like so many characters and stuff like that, that's just what they, that's the type of game it is. It's a party game. I mean, you know, you, when you think of a party game, you think of a lot of options, a lot of things to do. So um, that's, that's what they wanted to be in. You also have to think also like, um, like what Evan said is just, it does take time to make these original characters because from Smash, it's like what Evan said. They just want you to bring people from other, other other universes. Just keep doing that. And, you know, we good. Don't change nothing. Don't make them no different. Make Banjo-Kazooie look like Banjo-Kazooie and behave like Banjo-Kazooie. But with uh, fighting games, you know, you have to make these characters from scratch. They got to be inter- They got to look interesting. They got to talk interesting. They got to walk interesting. They better have something to go along and add to the lore of the game, you know, and not just be there because they're there. You know, it's just so much other stuff you have to do to make these characters. So it's just unrealistic to make them just be like, hey, you know, I need 70 original design characters from scratch. Don't care how long it takes. Sit in the office for 26 hours a day until you do it. 
You know, it's just like this. That's just unrealistic. So, and the and the thing about Smash Brothers was they were even trying to do this back in Smash sixty four. It's characters if you really go research that they wanted in Smash sixty four that they didn't put in the game. And you know, I was thinking like, okay, they only got like how many characters was it in the original Smash? Probably like ten, maybe. Yeah, I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna find you another. Yeah, so was ten to fifteen. It was small, small roster. Yeah, so they wanted more than that. It's just stuff didn't work out. You know, they wanted to bring that to the 64. So, you know, th this is what they've always planned and what they wanted to do, you know. So, um, yeah, it's, it's it's really unrealistic. So, and yes, along with people in Smash and stuff like that who are trying to come and play other fighting games, you have people that are saying basically like, yeah, we need more characters, 16 and stuff like that. It's not enough. You know, I'm trying to have you know, 30 characters at launch just to only play two two anyway. Mm -hmm. So Exactly. You have, <laughs> you, you have people that's like that. You know, you, you see them online, but at the end of the day, like, it, no, like, we we, we don't need to go in that direction. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, like Arthur said, you don't need that many characters to have fun with a game. I mean, you know, like, I can remember playing Naruto games and, you know, out of all the characters that was in the game, I played Sasuke and Orochimaru constantly, repeatedly, nonstop. Like, you can't beat my team, you know. Why are you playing Sasuke? Play. <clears throat> we ain't gonna do this today. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, it's, 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 it's not necessary. You know, we, we don't need to go in that direction. 15 is, is definitely enough with original characters, like Devin said, original characters to go in, figure them out. Like you said with Skullgirls, there's so much intricate stuff you can figure to, figure out with them. If you're mm -hmm. saying you ain't got enough characters to play with that, like, I, I just think you're basically like TLDRing playing characters. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, that's, that's a good that's, way to put it. Yeah, that's my thing on it. So, anybody else have anything before we uh, move on? Might be, be might not. I don't know if the screenshot that I found was a full unlocked roster. It kind of, I kind of think that it wasn't. So, 12 is the minimum number of characters in Smash Brothers 64. I wish I was more familiar with the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was I about to say? Uh, that should be the new default now. To, when this conversation comes up, this is what we should say. When somebody's like, man, I want to, in the next Street Fighter, I want 100 characters at launch, man. I'd be like, what you mean, 100 characters so you can see 99 characters get beat up by one character in all the tournaments? Yeah, like, right. That's what you're going to see. You're going to see two characters beat up the rest <laughs> of the 98 characters at every tournament. Yeah. Because, like, nobody's like, oh, well, Ken's guy, like, that's all everybody plays, so he's beating up everybody else. So, mm -hmm. um, but actually, I just thought about it. Smash doesn't even have an original character. Like, there's yeah. not even an original character to that game, like, which I think actually ball. would be cool. Mm -hmm. You got the Smash Ball. <laughs> oh, with Smash Ball and, and, and Master Hand. And, uh, yeah, I was about to say, yeah, you, got Master Hand. you can't even you play him. Right there. Well, I did think that's, that was a good point. When you when you said I was like, that makes so much sense. All these characters have already been established for years. Like, there's... yeah. There's nobody in there that is original, which I mean, that's what the game was supposed to be—just the collection right. of Nintendo characters. And I mean, now we just it's just it's Mugen, so it's, yeah, we gotta accept that it's Mugen, officially licensed Mugen at this point. Um, but yeah, there's no. I think they could do something that that would be interesting. I would mm -hmm. love to see Nintendo actually put an original character like from the Smash universe, somebody a, a warrior or something that's fighting against the whatever the 
evils of bad guys in that universe are. Yeah. And playable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, they kind of basically made Kirby that, I guess, because well, ultimately it was like, well, Kirby will be the one to save everybody. But yeah. Um, and also what Arthur just said about Power Rangers. Power Rangers is a perfect example. Small roster, but those characters are so unique. And the game is just fun. And it's Power Rangers. You've been wanting a good Power Rangers fighting game for forever. I yeah. still want a, a, a TMNT fight. Wait, game. man, what I about the one with Ivan Ooze in it? Yeah, the Turtle. No joke. You should check out the one on Super Nintendo. It's way better than like any Super Nintendo only fighting game deserves to be. Oh yeah, I, I, I love. It. I remember that oh, game, and I was like, "Are you talking about the Tournament Fighter?" Another like, yes, that game was. Man, I first played that game. My brother rented it. I was like, "What is this? I don't want to play Street Fighter no more. I want this." Yeah, you know, Donatello and Leonardo. Give me that. If yeah. I if I could get a new TMN, like I don't know if it'd be by the people that made Power Rangers, probably that would make the most most sense because since they made a game from a childhood thing that people love, just get that same formula, slap some turtles on it, slap the the, the uh, Master Splinter, and I will play it. I will play it like forever. Like we can just get that. But yeah, you don't need huge rosters for these games. Like that's these original characters that they're interesting enough. Like I said earlier with Dragon Ball, if you got 50 characters that's doing the same thing, then that's that is an issue. So you don't want to have what well, we got 50 characters, but everybody play the original Street Fighter. <laughs> oh, wait, God. the original Street Fighter. Oh, you talking about Ryu's Ryu's and Ryu? Yeah. yeah. Game is <laughs> we should go back. Actually, you know We should have a developer go back to that. Just make a fighting game with just like one or two, two, three characters that are fairly similar. The 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 attacks are very archaic and 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 intricate. It's like you gotta do like half circle back charge into dragon punch to, to do anything. Like we, I would like to see how a fighting game like that would fare nowadays. Like a dragon punch does like eighty percent damage, you know. But if it, you look at say <laughs> dive kick or something, you have a few like independent games where they usually start off with a small roster and then try to turn it into a fighting game that's like yeah. a real fighting game over time. Yeah, and I kind of thought that all the DLC to Dive Kick and the gyms and everything kind of defeated the purpose of the original game. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you know what you're gonna do. The yeah, Dive right. Kick was an interesting game. I I forgot about that. And that that's a game where I guess you could have went. I guess one or two ways because you know everybody was doing the same thing. Dive Kick, they had yeah. you know the different mechanics like different you know the gym things which made people different. So I guess you could have had 50 characters in that game. But I guess it made sense to be like, let's just keep it small. No. Yeah, exactly. It's like 50 characters of everybody doing the same move, just like either, you know, with the guy with his boots on his hands or whatever. But it's like everybody's dive kicking. <laughs> we got 50 characters dive kicking. Why? <laughs> you know? So. Yeah. Yeah, I think this 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 thing will just like, it's not so many, not, not enough characters. It's It's bonkers, but you know. It'd be like that sometimes, you know. There's so many different people in the world, so many different opinions. Yeah. So, um, we got our last topic here sent us, uh, sent to us from one of our listeners, Big Sif. You know, he's uh been sending us questions, so we really appreciate it. But oh yeah, this question is: with all the fighting games we have now, old and new, when offline tourneys come back, will three days be enough to crown champions for all games, or do we create? new specific tournaments to showcase the games and the champions who play. Um, so this is just a unique topic because we've had conversations before about is three days enough really to like do tournaments because like Frosty Faustings just happened and they're known for having like tons of games, 
tons of games at their tournaments. And a lot of times it's just like, <laughs> it's it's too many to watch. It's like, it's too many to keep up with. There's so much stuff going on at the same time. You just, you just can't keep all uh keep up with all of it. And it's and a lot of people might not get like the spotlight and the, and the shine mm-hmm. that they deserve for being like first place in a game that they just went through an entire bracket to beat. So, you know, um, for you guys with like he's saying with the amount of games and stuff that we have and taking into account like players being crowned and stuff do you feel like three days is enough um uh, now with how you're saying things with uh doing offline tournaments so starting with you mr gaming Lil? um i think we had this conversation a, a while back just like you know talking about it in, in general um there's a lot there's a lot going on in tournaments i've been to a few tournaments and it's like and even watch you know watching tournaments at home it's like you want to watch a certain game but it's like well this game you're watching is on right now so if you watch that one you got to watch it at the same time like have two screens or something or just switch back and forth so i do think maybe adding like a day or so maybe even two days maybe making a four to five day event will kind of alleviate some of that to where you could like just focus on certain things but I do think personally at the end of the day, it's probably going to be on the TOs and what they feel is, you know, worth investing in. Um, and that's just the way it is, the work way it works. So let's say you have a lesser known game. We all know that the anime games usually get pushed to the side in most tournaments. And that's just like the bigger ones. Um, like something like Blaze Blue, um, like right now will be, well, Dragon Ball is the main game regardless, even if even though it's uh, anime, but like Grand Blue, maybe if the new Guilty Gear is out, They'll get some spotlight, but you know, smaller games that you might have on the side, even like once they've been out for a while, they kind of get pushed to the side. So what they'll show on the screen, like right now, what will be be shown will be like Street Fighter, Dragon Ball, um, and Tekken. Maybe MK11. Those will probably be the main games that they will like showcase, like on stream, making sure to keep up with the results and everything of that nature. You have the grand final stream. Um, but you know, other side games, let's say something like Undernight Ember, it will probably be off stream or on a separate anime stream or something like that. So if you want to watch both of them, you want to catch a Street Fighter Five, you again have to have two streams up at the same time. So I do think adding a day would would help alleviate all that stuff. You give everybody uh stream time on the same stream on the same setup, big stage. You won't have to have anybody off to the side. But just looking at it from a realistic standpoint, I feel like with the TOs, it's like Okay, so how much is this extra investment gonna cost for games that nobody's you know, really watching, or like maybe only a handful of people signed up for? So they're like, okay, do we add an extra day for this ten to twenty man tournament over here, or do we just be like keep it like we have it now and keep it to the side? Um, I think it just depends on that. It's kind of a, a mixture of things, but I personally think that's probably the biggest issue that people probably think about with the TOs. Like, do I want to invest in an extra day with this money? Is the return on that going to be worth it or should I just keep it like it is? Um, I think that would be dope. So that way people have to rush. People have a lot of time, you know, like um, people getting there, uh, going back to wherever they're going to go to. Like you have a four or five days, you can like, you know, just kind of chill. Three days is also, you know, a fairly decent amount of time, but it's like you just have an extra bit of time to spread everything out. Um, you don't have to rush for a lot of things. It probably give people a lot more time uh you know for registration and stuff too like so now you won't really have as much of an issue like somebody showing up late and making sure everything is good you you can run the brackets at a, a decent amount of time um a lot more efficiently if you have more days but 
again, I just think it, it depends on if the person that's running the tournament is like, okay, I see that being as an investment, so let me put this extra money into it. So I think that's that for me personally, that's my take on uh, adding the days to tournaments. Um, let's see, like for me, like I kind of like the idea of adding a day, um, an extra day to the tournament to like any given tournament. I feel like, uh, um. On, on the one hand, it always kind of feels like, you know, um, tournaments have kind of been relegated to being the kind of thing people do in their free time on the weekend and stuff like that, mm. um, which is, I mean, which is cool because, you know, it's like the weekend, you're kind of, you've uh, already like taken the time out. It's like, I don't have anything to do on Saturday. I don't have anything to do on Sunday. You know, the game, the thing starts on Friday. Okay, great. But I mean, what would, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure. Like, I mean, if you were to go for four days, like if you were to go for four days instead of three, like, would you still do it? Would you still start on Friday and then go Saturday, Sunday, and then end like end everything on Monday? Or would it be better to just change, like, like move it to start it on a different day? You know, maybe start it on Wednesday. Like when exactly would you, when exactly would you do that? You know, it's like, you have to like take into account, like what, what the placement of those days, if you're going to add an extra day, uh, I, I'll agree. I never really thought I felt like three days was enough though, <laughs> uh, to be honest. Uh, I kind of like the idea of like coming in and being able to relax. I always felt like, um, um, on like, um, like Friday, I mean, it's kind of like a, the preliminary day. And then most of the uh, big time stuff happens on Saturday and Sunday, you know? And then of course, when everything has to be jammed in on like, you know, like Saturday and Sunday, there are, of course, like Devin was saying, there are games that don't really get the attention they deserve, or even worse, you tr you have to try to basically um, like what's called be a chameleon and like watch like two different screens with two with both of your eyes at the same time. And like, you know, <laughs> it's a, I kind of like the idea of like, you know, being everybody kind of getting like their separate time and not like scheduling, you know, games on top of each other, like, you know, like if Mortal Kombat and Soul Calibur are scheduled at the same time, I don't want to have to choose between Mortal Kombat and Soul Calibur. I want to be able to watch one and then maybe like 10 minutes later, I have a 10 minute buffer and then watch the other. Or if like they're going to put like Tekken and Killer Instinct at the same time. I like I don't play Killer Instinct regularly, but I do like watching Killer Instinct. So I, I but but I also like watching Tekken, but I, I don't want to have to choose every time like I, i'd like to be able to just be like watch one and then watch the other um even even like i said like the games like a undernight um i'd like to see undernight get um have a stream on there you know like just like get center stage for a little bit because um there are some really even even like here in dallas there are people that play the game pretty regularly that in my in my opinion are really are really good these people that play like regularly every other weekend every weekend like training up and you don't really get to see them as often on like on the center stage because undernight isn't as popular, at least as far as I've seen, as like some of the other games. So it'd be nice, you know, if you spread it out a little bit, you know, you say, we're gonna add an extra day. So all these other games, you know, people get to see their games up on the screen. And I think like that kind of feeds back into, you know, um, you know, like the watchability of, um, you know, the games, because like I, a game isn't watch, it can't be watchable if nobody ever gets to see it in the first place. You know, like if you have it featured at a tournament, then people are like, wow, I've never even seen this game before. What game is this? Oh, that's Undernight. Oh, that looks really interesting. Let me let me get into that. And then of course we go into the other thing about like like um um we were talking about before, like Octavian was talking about how like um, you know, having like the training mode and stuff like that. Like Undernight has a really good training mode. Like it has a really a pretty good training mode. Um even even idiots like me 
like can under can understand the training mode in Undernight uh, Undernight, and you know, uh, I think like you know, it's just like it's one thing, one thing kind of like one hand washes the other kind of thing. Where you know, if um, we kind of have to be in a situation where we're willing, either willing to like try to, I I don't know, man. I feel like a fourth day would really would really kind of like really help a lot but he's like but then of course you know it's the investment are, are we willing to like put this much investment into like uh, renting out another going for another day you know how many people can actually stay for all four days in the first place you know how many people can uh can afford to be like all right i'm here on friday saturday sunday and monday for the whole time you know not everybody can do that you know not everybody's on um, schedule is flexible like that so sometimes you know you have to restrict it so it, I'm not. I'm not sure how that would necessarily work. I'm not a. I'm not a to. Um, I would. I'm not. I'm gonna let. The, I'm gonna let y'all be the heroes in that. I'm gonna let you guys figure it out. But I mean, I would like for there to be a, another another day. Like another day would really. Because then you know there are other things that are going on. Because remember that when you go to a tournament, especially like um in the past couple of years, it's not like you're just there to just play like the main fight. There's all this other stuff that's going on all the time. It's like going almost like going. It's like going to a convention. You know, like you got like all this other stuff going on all the time in different parts of like you know the uh what's called the ballroom or wherever you happen to rent out. And you know. It's like, it's kind of nice to be able to like do it at your leisure, you know, meet up with friends, have an event here, have a little thing here, do, you know, it's uh, I, I like, that's part of the fun of actually going and being there and participating with your friends. So yeah, man, I, I would appreciate another day, but if we can't do that, I completely understand. But I think that would be, um, in my opinion, optimal. Like. I'm of the opinion that the reason that every tournament kind of runs the same way is most tournaments are, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Friday is stuff that doesn't matter. It's the you know, optional team tournaments, a few weird things like that. And Saturday's the brackets, then Sunday's the top eight. And the reason people do it that way is you have most people that are flying in or coming into town, whatever, probably don't want to miss a bunch of work and are going to come in on Friday after work. And if they can get there early for the team tournament, that's great. And if they can't, whatever. And then the bulk of the tournaments on Saturday, and the finals are on Sunday. Uh, the reason they do it like that is specifically so that people don't have to spend as much time there. It's also really, like, most tournaments don't make a lot of money. Uh, most tournaments end up losing money, in fact. And renting a ballroom for an extra day is quite expensive. And people already complain about the price that it costs to go to a tournament. They're like, really, is this worth $60 or whatever? But if you have to have it for an extra day, that's going to add, you know, a... 30% more onto the price uh, for events that are not going to be able to be gone to as frequently by most people. Uh, just the logistics of getting people there to compete on Thursday sounds pretty hard. Uh, if you look at Evo, Evo manages to run multiple thousand-person uh, thousand brackets on three days. They are actually running brackets on Fridays and Saturday. And uh, they have top eights on multiple nights just to make sure they can give as much of a showcase to all the individual communities that are at the Evo games. I think that for your average monthly tournament, you know, the, the, the Winter Brawls, the Frosty Faustings, the, the Texas Showdowns, etc., they're not going to feasibly be able to move it to a, an additional day of actual tournament. And, if, I mean, if Evo can get through stuff as little time as they have. I think everyone else probably can too. Uh, it'd be nice, like, having more of a showcase on 
different games is nice. Most smaller tournaments don't have... Uh, they'll have a lot of side events, sure, but they won't even necessarily be on stream. And if they are, they're you know multiple streamed events going out at the same time. And Evo at least will only have one top eight happening at once, and that's kind of the benefit of the the third day of actually being real legit tournament play they gain. Um, it's so many different ways to um come at this. Um, because I do agree that. Um, when it comes to the people who get crowned in games, like if you was to just, you know, many people, if you was to ask them, like at this last Frosty Falls things, people who watched it, like who won Tatsunoko versus Capcom too? Many people would probably be like, you know, like who won Wind Jam? <laughs> you know, I don't think it's fair to those people who, um, actually trained just as hard as anybody else in another game and went through their bracket and won that they don't really you know, get as much shine as the person who won Street Fighter, who won MK, who won, you know, what's popular, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's many different ways you could fix it. And one is adding uh, different days, but, you know, an author kind of dug into the details of why that might be a little difficult. But the other things that I'm thinking of would take more of like a community effort, but also at the same time, it might hurt, um, you know, tournament organizers on the financial side is, um, with the you know the big monthly tournaments like you know our main ones frosty falls and combo breakout or other stuff um stop having so many games like at your tournaments and just like spread out you know um certain games to like different people like okay yeah i have you know the main games and stuff like that but i don't necessarily have to have skull girls i don't necessarily have to have this game i don't necessarily have to have that game you know we can share to make sure that somebody watches your next tournament uh, and we can make sure as many people get the shine as we can. I'll take these games. You take this game. You take that game. It'll make sure that everybody gets some shine. Everybody's sharing games, and many people can get as much of a, a, a spotlight as they need. Um, another thing is, like, having much more tournaments that are, like, you know, solely focused on one game. You know, we see like a lot of tournaments that are just focused on Street Fighter, a lot that are just focused on, um, you know, uh, Tekken, whatever. Um, having like uh, tournaments that are just more, having more ter- tournaments focused on one game and really like highlighting those tournaments, like people in the community, like make sure you watch this, make sure you watch that. And a lot of more people can get shine and stuff like that. Um, but at the same time, I'm not sure necessarily if people have a lot of games at their tournaments. I'm guessing it's more of like a financial thing. Like the more, you know, uh, tournament entry fees you get, the better off you're, you know, able to get closer to breaking even or going into positive for your event. And maybe like cutting some of the games you have might cut into your profits. But I mean, it would it would really help with making sure every game gets highlighted, making sure every person gets highlighted, making sure that we don't have to choose so much of just like it's so many games at this tournament and it's like five streams running at the same time. Like, but I really want to watch this, but I'm interested in that. Like at Frosty Falls things, I had to really choose. Like I wanted to watch Tatsunoko versus Capcom too because I'm like, I love that game. I want to see people play it at a high level. But at the same time, they had like third strike going on. I'm like, I can't miss third strike. I mean, it's yeah. third strike. Mm-hmm. So who gonna miss third strike? But then they had Street Fighter Alpha Two, and I'm like, 
know, it's just like I, you know, I can't, you know, but I really want to see these games being played in China. So we, you know, those are some like, um, you know, um, suggestions I would have. Now that might, like I said, they might cut into like people's finances and stuff like that. But it really would help the community be more cultivated because you know the games are getting shine, a lot more people are getting shine. You know, even with TV FGC, sometimes I'd be, I'd be, I'd be looking to report on stuff like this, and, <laughs> and it'd be, it's, it's at tournaments, it'd be like so many games going on, and I'm just like, I can't talk about 15 games, but I want, yeah. to, I want to make sure I give everybody shine and stuff like that, but I can't, you know, I, I can't make a show. It, I mean, the show would just be about that tournament, and you know don't want to do that. So, you know, it, it would really be helpful to cut how many games we have, disperse them throughout tournaments. You know, not every tournament needs schoolgirls. Not everyone needs wind jammers. Not everyone needs uh third strike. Not everyone. You I mean, you could space them out and share them, you know, every TOs come together and work and make sure that, you know, like, Hey, you run your tournament this time. I'm not running at the same time as you. I ain't stepping on your toes. People to make sure to watch this and watch that, you know, so it's a lot to go into it, but that's my, um, that's my opinion. So, anybody else have anything before we uh, wrap it up? No, sir. All right. Well, <laughs> well we reached the end of another uh, input output show. We thank you guys for staying here. If you're here this long, we appreciate you. You know, once again, we don't know how you're doing it, but we're so happy you're doing it. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so, as always, we like to end with some closing thoughts. So, you know, starting with our co-hosts, uh, Mr. Gaming Lift, any last words you want to give to the people? Uh, just as always, glad to be here on another episode of Input Output. This uh week's topic were pretty, pretty thought provoking. Some pretty nice topics. Uh, oh, yeah. glad to have you know people submitting uh you know topics for us to talk about. Um, please feel free to do more of that. Um, that'll give us you know more you know things to talk about and dissect. Um, enjoy myself again as always with my co-host uh E Amazing as always uh Rexon and also our guest. Arthur, awesome episode today, and uh, that's all I got. Um, yeah, man, uh, I, I agree with that, man. Like, it, it's having people constantly come and um, submit questions, and um, like, it just it uh, it adds to the um, to the enjoyability because you know it feels like you know we're 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 really like communicating, I guess, on um, on a big level with like the people who come and watch the show, and uh, we really appreciate y'all. It's re- we have a really good time recording this. We have a lot of fun. Uh, thanks to, as always, to like Rex on Max and Mr. Game and Lift for being here. Thank you to Arthur for coming on and um and chilling with us. We really appreciate you, man. Like it's really great to have you here, bro. Um, like and thanks to everybody once again to everybody who uh, watches on um, watches and or listens. Um, you guys really make it worth it. We really appreciate you guys' support. Um, uh, you guys are the um the foundation on which like you know a, a castle like this can be built. So thank y'all very much for um contributing to the, uh, what's called, to the uh, success, I guess, of the uh, of uh, input, output, and TVFGC as a whole. I just want to say thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I have to be on anytime. And I hope I didn't interrupt too much. <laughs> Not at all, man. No, no you're good, man. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a dialogue show, you know, conversation and stuff like that. So, no, we don't exactly. mind. We like to... The, the the different touch the added flavor that guests bring you know with us a lot of times if the same three people can kind of get i don't want to say monotonous that can sound horrible but you know it's good <laughs> to shift things up but uh 
yeah so i mean i really appreciate you know everybody listening with my two whole coasts you know um the Stasuke hater and um mr gamer <laughs> um, and you know glad author is here today you know we did a documentary involving him about the uh, impact of uh, COVID-19 here in the DFW area. So if you haven't seen that, make sure you go check that out. It's actually the uh, first video you will see on the TVFGC YouTube page when you go to the channel. Um, so that was really, really great. I mean, he always has great uh, input on topics that we always have. So we had to have him on the show. So we really, really appreciate him. And just want to say thank you to the fans. Once again, you know, for everybody who's watching and listening, I always say when we started this, it was like, man, nobody's going to listen to us talk about nothing. But I mean, we, you know, looking at the, uh, our analytics, we have people in India and Slovakia listening to this. So that's crazy. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. Like <laughs> the Netherlands, UK, I'm like, man, I, I wasn't expecting all that. So, you know, it's really, really great. So, you know, we thank you guys once again, and we'll see you next time on the next Input Output. You guys have a nice day. Love, peace, and hair, y'all.